Steve Kelly at Memorial Stadium in Champaign. We appreciate your listening. We'll talk to you again soon right here on the Fighting Illini Sports Network. Fighting Illini football has been brought to you by Health Alliance, the official health insurance provider of Fighting Illini Athletics. And by FS Envision and High Soy, our proud supporters of Fighting Illini football. Visit your local FS crop specialist today. The preceding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Fighting Illini Sports Network. And he'll take a knee, and that will do it. And the Huskers snap their long road losing streak. The Illini, who suffered a disheartening loss last week to Eastern Michigan, with a valiant effort here tonight against Nebraska, but they come up short 42 38. A great night for football, an entertaining game. The Illini come up on the short end. Welcome in, everybody. I'm Scott Beatty, along with Evan Kahn. Michael Martin will be here in a moment, and we'll bring you the Fasteners Etc. post-game show. But first, our rapid reaction. We're staying up late for you. We will go on into Sunday because there's a lot to digest here in this ball game. I don't know what's harder, when you get a beatdown, Evan Kahn, or when you lose by four points in the fourth quarter and run out of gas. Yeah, it's one of those uh, step forward, two steps back. They they looked really good out the gate, and I thought I, we saw a different uh, physicality out of the defense that we didn't see last week or at UConn, but in the end, almost 700 yards. Even with the four turnovers, it's tough to win when you give up that many. The reason there wasn't 700 yards was because the kneel downs in right. the last possession for Nebraska those were all negative yardage otherwise it would have been over 700 yards of offense our rapid reaction is brought to you by Cozad Asset Management for over 45 years striving to serve financial needs and build lasting relationships with clients and I think there's two ways you can look at this comes down to do you see progress for this Illini team they played better they bounced back from a mistake laden game last week and really an underachieving performance as Michael Martin makes his way here into the studio. You could look at that sort of, that's the silver lining, or you could say they got beat, and there were still too many little things that cost the Illini. You lose two games in the last two weeks by less than a single score on the last drive. How incredibly frustrating is that? Do you take that, though, as... A positive overall, given how things had been going last season, or do you take it as more uh, salt in the wound for Illini fans? Well, how are you taking it? We want to hear your calls and your voice on the, our phone line and our your words on our text line. You can join us on the PNC Bank fan line. It's 356-9397. Castle Heating and Cooling text line is 351 351- Five three five seven. We'll also bring you some highlights. Our defining play of the game from Beacon Insurance. Our keys to the game, and plenty more. Stay with us. You're up next. Fasteners, etc. Post game show. The following program is an exclusive sports presentation of News Talk fourteen hundred. 
and Light Rock 97.5, News Gazette Media Station. Fighting Illini game day coverage continues on your flagship home for Fighting Illini Athletics. News Talk 1400, WDWS, and Light Rock 97.5, WHMS. Now, it's your turn on the Fasteners Etc. postgame show. Fasteners Etc. is your partner in inventory management. Call us on the PNC Bank phone line, 217-356-9397, or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Now, the Fasteners Etc. postgame show with your host, Scott Beatty. Washington the back, first and ten. Here is a fumble, loose ball. The Illini, I think, have it. They have dove on the football, and out of there with a trophy is Jake Hansen. Four turnovers that benefit the Illini, but four points is the difference in this game as Nebraska wins it 42-38. to I'm Scott Beatty. Michael Martin is here as well. It's the late night version. It's the late, late version of a post-game show. Weird. You're just getting thrown into the fire here this season. Post-game after dark. Let's do this. It can get a little weird, but we'll see how this this goes as there's a lot to break down and the phone lines are lit up. So let's go to our first, and it is Bob. Good evening, Bob. Good evening. I uh, was at the game, and my question uh, is concerning the end of the first half when, as as I recall, there are about 25 or 30 seconds left to go. We had the ball about midfield. We had two timeouts left, and our kicking game has been wonderful. And it seemed to me at that point we could have taken at least a couple of uh, throws downfield. I remember mentioning to my wife, if we can pick up 50 or 20 yards, given how good our kicker is, that we could kick a field goal. And I was stunned to see Lovey just let the clock run out. We didn't get a, another play from that point, and it seemed to me to make no sense. And I'm wondering, Scott, if it did to you, or what did I miss? It made zero sense to me. I don't know how you can defend it. I'm not a football coach. But it made zero sense to me, and I've struggled to find anybody that saw how that made strategic sense, especially given the fact that the Illini were not going to get the ball to start the second half. Was Lovey asked about it at the end of the game? I saw briefly on social media that he was asked about it and uh, basically said that poor decisions, I don't know what decisions he was referring to, but the second half play was the reason they lost, not because of that, but... Uh, nonetheless, that particular decision, I'm with you. I don't see how if, – if there's somebody who re- realizes how that's a benefit, please enlighten me. Appreciate the call, Bob. Well, thanks. Yeah, right. yeah, appreciate it. I think it's a fair criticism. Um, it's it's hard to come up with a reason other than playing too conservative. Um, going, in, going in with a lead at half, maybe they just didn't want to – Risk giving the ball to Nebraska, especially uh, given how uh, the passing game has been going up to that point. But in all honesty, it's it's frustrating to me that James didn't get a shot just to try something. Absolutely. Let's go to Charleston and Blaze. Hey, Blaze. Hey, how's it going? Good. I have that right, Blaze? Uh, yeah, that's right. All right, your thoughts. Um. 
well, uh, I was talking to some of my buddies. We go, we tailgate at all the line eye games. And uh, we were just thinking uh, we've seen zero improvement from last year. And if the defense was like one of the worst in Illini history, if not the worst in Illini history last year, then why not hire a defensive coordinator for this year? You know, it's it's fair. I mean, this is this is Lovey's deal, and this is what he has decided to do. And Josh Whitman is at least allowed, if not given him the green light for, to have all control of the defense. And this is Josh Whitman going in, all in on Lovey Smith. This is Lovey Smith going all in on Lovey Smith. I, I will take exception that I, I, I do think this defense is improved. I That sounds hard to justify on a night when you give up 700 yards, but I actually think this defense is better. Um, but it's not good enough yet. At least not on a night. And, uh, you know, let's not mistake that Nebraska's not a pushover. It's, it's a decent football team, and that's that's a hard team to defend against. It, their best attribute is their offense by far. Scott Frost it was, if you remember Oregon from a few years ago, he was the offensive coordinator for Oregon. And you, we've all seen what UCF did under his tenure, and... It, it's going to be a similar deal at Nebraska, and I'm not sure if this is a good litmus test for Illinois' defense. It's, I mean, Illinois' defense needs to improve. I mean, full stop. But Nebraska could have one of the best offenses in the country, and that's just that's how it is right now. I mean, you, Adrian Martinez rushed for 118 yards. He's a big load. Wandale Robinson is going to be a star in the Big Ten. He's He's having a great... Freshman campaign, he went for 89. Uh, Mo Washington went for 89. Uh, and they sprinkled in a couple of these other backs, Mills and Mazur. And I think the Illini just wore down over the second half. They were doing a decent job. I mean, if you told me you're going to hold Nebraska to 14 points in the first half, I'd take it. And, in fact, the Illini went into the locker room, you know, with a lead after the first half. But... You know, it just became too much. That's a strong rushing attack, and you have to tip your cap there to Nebraska. And to it, it's possibly a depth issue as well. Um, Illinois was playing their starters a lot, and if you look at the stats, I don't have them in front of me, but um, Nebraska dominated the time of possession game, and that means that the thirty-seven to twenty-three, yeah, absolutely dominated, and that. It wears, wears on a player for to play 37 minutes of defense. Next up, it's Peter. Hey, Peter. Hi, guys. Um, I, I'm disturbed that I don't think we have a quarterback. And I mentioned this last week, and I still think the same holds true. Um, you have, uh, in, to me, the key portion of this game, uh, Not just not to mention you know the whole game, you have 78 yards of passing, but – uh, you have a 21-7 to lead. You have the ball on a play where uh, Brandon Peters was able to buy some time because of good offensive line play. Had Daniel Barker running down uncovered on the 10-yard line, and he underthrew the ball for a pick. We would have been up 28-7 to instead of 21-7. to Nebraska turned that around, made it 21-14 to immediately after that. Um, and... I mean, there's just nothing there. I mean, uh, there's just nothing there in terms of the passing game. I mean, made a pretty play, obviously, um, uh, uh, after a turnover uh, in the first half. But, 
But, I mean, I'm sitting there at the end of the game with the ball on the 20-yard line telling people that, you know, we have to pass in order to win this game, so this game's over. And that's exactly right. Misses wide-open receivers, makes horrible throws. Um, uh, and, I, 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 like I said, this, this quarterback does not fit Rod Smith's system, and you don't have a running quarterback despite the one play he made. So I don't know where you go from here. You're just going to you know, pound the, the square peg into the round hole all season long with this guy. I think, I think you have to have a running quarterback with his system, and if you continue to play him, you're going to continue to lose. Fair point. That interception was entirely on Brandon Peters. He completely underthrew it, and he had all kinds of time. And I, I just wonder if his clock ran out in his head because he was expecting to get his bell rung or something because there's like, no, how can I still be standing free here in the pocket? He just completely underthrew it. It was like a punt. I mean, that was the net effect of it. It was a turnover, but, you know, you didn't give up a lot of yards in return, but it was, it was entirely a bad. touchdown. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean. touchdown that it wasn't a punt. It was a touchdown that, that we, we missed out on. Yeah, the opportunity points. Play. Yeah. I, I mean, I looked at it as a punt, too, but still it was, a, it was a, you know, seven points on the board that, uh, you know, very easily could have made the difference between a win and a loss in this game. Well, I hear you, Peter, and, and appreciate it. I'm, I'm not ready to give up on Brandon Peters. I think there's some ups, enough upside there. And uh, I, I don't know about throwing Isaiah Williams in, into the fire or – Matt Robinson, who's uh, looks like he's the number two guy, uh, other than design packages, they're bringing Isaiah Williams. And by the way, everybody in the stadium knew what was going to happen when Isaiah Williams came into the ball game, starting with the Nebraska defense. Those two plays didn't work. No, it, it, if they want to bring Isaiah Williams in, they need to shake it up a little bit, take Brandon Peters out of the game, and I mean they were obvi- obviously designed runs uh, for Isaiah Williams, so. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, the criticism on Brandon is is very valid. Um, he's just got to go into that the uh, bye week and try to get better. Um, opportunity points are so frustrating, especially with the the end like this. It's just I'll still go back to this. I think in the end the defense got gassed, but more things out there are happening that are fixable that are execution things than just the Illini are getting shoved around. I think they're kind of hanging with teams a little bit physically. I don't know what you saw as things wore down. I mean, you know, is that a conditioning issue or is that just, you're not executing well enough and then time of possession piles up and anybody's going to get tired. I honestly don't know. It's, it definitely piled up, but to the defensive's credit, they did give the offense a chance at the very end of the game to be able to make plays um, just didn't shake out that way. All right, one more here in our opening segment of the Fasteners Etc. postgame show. Phone number to join is 356-9397. And Castle Heating and Cooling text line, which there are, is very active, is 217-351-5357. Here's David. Hey, David. Hey, how you guys doing? I, I just uh, the, the number that blows my mind is 690 yards. And according to the Big Ten Network after the game, uh, that is a Nebraska record. They've never had more yards in a Big Ten game since they joined the Big Ten Conference. Let that marinate with you with the four uh, years of Lovey Smith. Now, I am glad that Lovey's in control of the defense, and my apologies to Hardy Nickerson, because now we know where the problem lies. 
I still, I have not heard a reporter yet ask him the most obvious question on defense. Why does not he not have his cornerbacks at least chuck them at the line? Chuck those wide receivers at the line. We give them a free release every time, and it's pitch and catch all day long. That's how you give up nine, almost 700 yards. And if it not been for the four turnovers that Nebraska had, they'd have had 1,000 yards. This game wasn't even close. I give the kids credit for effort. But the biggest thing you have to know is that last week, for example, and then I'll be quiet, Eastern Michigan's coach has more Big, big Ten victories three than Illinois and Lovey Smith, and they don't have a new $89 million Smith Center. They don't have facilities. They don't have three-star recruits. Heck, they don't even have two-star recruits. They do more with less. They win. Their teams are better disciplined, and they play better. Had it not been for four Nebraska turnovers, uh, excuse me, 11 penalties, four Nebraska turnovers, this game would have been even worse. So there is, the defense is much worse, but it is the coaches. I promise you it's the coaches. If you put Chris Covington at Eastern Michigan or any of those Mount Union coaches out there in Alliance, Ohio, they know how to coach football. You cannot give people free releases off the line, and I would sure like to hear your comments because that's the most obvious thing to ask him. He is not above reproach because he coached in the Super Bowl. He's not above reproach because he gets paid millions of dollars. He's not above reproach, my friend. He, he's a good man. He's just not a very good football coach. And that's it at the end of the day, and I thank you for your time. Well, I'm no defensive schemer. I, I don't know that just chucking guys at the line is really an answer, but there's obviously a broken defense there at times, and they've got to figure out something. You, you're, you're absolutely right. You cannot have Big Ten opponents setting records on you in yardage, and yet you still almost won. You can't go into football games and have 38 and put up 38 points with your offense as poor as the passing game was and lose. That's the bottom line. It's just the defense is not doing enough. How you fix it, I don't know. I I don't know. I, the the thing is the Tampa 2, it's a it's I don't know a lot about defense. Full disclosure. I I was a long snapper. I know more about you weren't sitting in those meetings. No, I wasn't. Saying. I uh, I know more about special team schemes than anything. But the the Tampa, my understanding of the Tampa two is that it's a it's a it's a downfield play. You you give them space and then you're mo- trying to move the other direction where you towards the line of scrimmage. And to do that, the whole benefit of that is that you can create more turnovers via interceptions, and you have a running start on your on the offensive players which can hit them hard and uh, force turnovers. Um, but like I said, I'm no, I'm no defensive coordinator. I'm, I'm, that's just my understanding. We have more in a moment. News Talk 1400, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana, and Light Rock 97.5, WHMS, Champaign-Urbana, the late-night Saturday into Sunday version of the Fasteners Etc. postgame show. You're listening to the Fasteners Etc. Postgame Show. Join the conversation by calling us on the PNC Bank phone line, 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. The Illini in business from the Husker 26 in the gun. Peters fakes to Brown, lob left side, looking for his man. He's got him! Touchdown! Touchdown! 
third straight game for Joshi Matterbebe with a touchdown catch. He's got four of them now after not having any in his career and transferring from USC. Did you catch any of the social media videos of uh, him? It was when I was USC. He was basically vertically jumping almost his entire height onto those boxes you can stack in workout facilities. He's a man. It's impressive. I mean, the dude's got hops. Uh, text line Benny says, I love the atmosphere tonight at Memorial Stadium, but I'm tired of losing to Nebraska. Can we just zoom out for a moment? I thought this was a fantastic weekend for Illinois athletics. The Hall of Fame stuff was great. They threw a great party. Grange Grove was hopping. It, you know, it was great weather. There was a full, I mean, of the people that showed up, everyone stayed to the end. It was an entertaining game. It was a dramatic game. Everything was great except the Illini lost. And if you could just for a moment, just it was a great weekend. And, you know, it leaves a sour taste because you want that win and you're so close. I'm I'm going to be in a bad mood the rest of the week. <laughs> I, I mean, it was so good up until the last half of the quarter, fourth quarter. Out to St. Joe and Chuck. Chuck, thanks for staying up. What do you say? Hey, a couple of quick questions. I want to beat a dead horse. So we talked about why they played Williams for two snaps to burn a game out of his four red shirts. No, we haven't talked that much. You covered already. Uh, no, well, I think that was stupid. Why are you going to play the guy for two plays to burn one of those red shirt games? That's just senseless to me. Um, the other thing I want to say is I kind of disagree with what you said earlier about the underthrown ball to Barker. I don't, it, it was underthrown a bit, but he was also sitting back and waiting for it. I was standing next to Kevin Mitchell on the sideline, and he's screaming at him, dude, you got to go get the ball, and I think he's right. He's on to something there. Because hmm. he had all day to throw it. He's only so much muster he can put behind it. But at the end of the day, the tight end's got to go up and catch it at its highest point and not wait for it to fall in his lap. Yeah, I didn't think about it that way, so I appreciate you bringing up that perspective. I guess it takes two to tango a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. All right, thanks, Chuck. Appreciate you calling. Appreciate you guys. Good show. All right, I'm okay with. I'm okay with using Isaiah Williams. I, I had a feeling that he was going to come out this game. I thought he would have been utilized a little bit more. I'm very disappointed in the result and two rushes for nothing, and it was kind of obvious what was going to happen. We did mention that, you know, why keep Brandon Peters out, lining up out there? Uh, you're not going to run a trick play with the kid on his first play ever. Yeah, I, I just I think they telegraphed too much what he was going to do. If they were trying to get some something on tape for teams to um, to prepare for, I'm not sure if it was executed as well as it should have been. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, he he has the potential to be a special player, but they have to put him in the position to be able to make those special plays. All right, we carry on on the phones. Let's go to Mark in Champaign. Good evening, Mark. Uh, good evening. You mentioned earlier that, or just now, that the atmosphere and the number of fans there. There's a story in the News Gazette this week about how well Nebraska travels and the fact that there are no hotel rooms available tonight, even as far south as Tuscola, as far north as Rantoul. I'm just wondering, tonight's attendance was 54,000. 44. I'm wondering what 44. Uh, which is still twenty below the what it holds, correct? Um, I don't know that I don't know that the stadium's that high anymore. I forget what the I gotta find my media guide here, but I think I see where your point is. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the, last week, you know, Indiana sold out because they were all wearing scarlet instead of cream, or crimson. And, you know, Nebraska travels pretty well. And I'm just wondering what the attendance will be like in two weeks. I bet you'll be down to the 30s again. And, uh, you know, even Thanksgiving or November, it's going to be down in the low 20s. Yeah, well, if, yeah, if they don't win, I mean, it's it's obvious what has to happen to fill up the stadiums. You need to start winning. And, and, and thinking about on a weekend where you're celebrating some of the greatest players in Illinois history, and think about David Williams in the 80s with Mike White and what he had cooking, I mean, Memorial Stadium was full. And it's a different era. There's more things to do. There's more places to go and all that. But, uh yeah, and this place would have been fuller if you won last week against EMU. Yep. I think it'll be a decent crowd because I think the Maize and Blue will send some people here. It's not in two weeks. In three weeks is the next home game because off next weekend, then to Minnesota, and then back with Michigan, which I don't know what the line on that would be, but based on how Michigan has played, Illinois could hang around with them, I would say. Yeah, I'd... It depends on how Michigan's going to play these next few weeks um, and if Illinois is able to beat Minnesota at Minnesota, which is a tall task. But it'll be interesting to see. And for the record, uh, according to Memorial Stadium's Wikipedia page, and this is Illinois' Memorial Stadium, not to be confused with Indiana's Memorial Stadium. Or, or Nebraska's. Exactly. Uh, uh, the capacity is listed as being 60,670. Yeah, and they listed uh, 44.5 tonight. Gary's in Urbana. Hey, Gary, thanks for joining us. Yeah, uh, two things. Can you explain to me why with, like, we had, like, 54 seconds left with two timeouts, and then we get to 24 seconds, two timeouts. We're in about the 40 or 45. We don't try some passes. We don't try to get into field goal range. And I cannot. Dummy lovey, dummy lovey lets the time run out. I cannot explain it. I don't know why. And the other thing was they Peters had to come out they stopped the game that point because he was injured, and so they stopped it because of that. He had to come off the field for that one play, so I don't know who went in for quarterback, but they had to put somebody else in. Because Matt Robinson. One play. Matt Robinson, who had a chance to be a folk hero, but uh, <laughs> instead threw an incompletion, as did yeah, Brandon well, Peters. Uh, for, that, for, that, for that clock manager and not going for a, some sort of a score at that point, uh, I hope they send Lovey back to Chicago. <laughs> thanks a lot, Gary. Okay, thanks. Chicago had the same issue. <laughs> and I, I, One thing that confounds me is after last week's game, Lovey said he made a similar error, and he said, that was my coaching mistake. This week, he kind of stuck to his guns and said, I don't have an issue with that. I was, con- I think the word he used was we were content because they had the lead. Mm, I don't buy that. Word. That's I a dangerous word in the middle of a football game. I don't buy that, and it's not a way to inspire pe- uh, confidence in young players. Uh, maybe that works at the pro level, but uh, I think I think these kids want a lot, and they want to be able to live for these moments. And uh, I, I think something was taken away there. It's Did it cost the game? Well... You lose by four points. Maybe you did, maybe you didn't. There was a lot of bad officiating calls tonight. 
Maybe that's the difference, but these are the kinds of things that all add up together in close games. To the text line, Castle Heating and Cooling text line 3515357. Larry says, what a terrible loss. Poor defensive coach play calling. Uh, poor defensive coaching, poor play calling on offense. I have given Lovey every benefit of the doubt because of the mess he inherited, but he should be fired immediately after this game. Understand the sentiment. It won't happen midseason. Might not happen after the season. Uh, Brian says, playing at home, more than three turnovers. Opponents Opponent racks up 120 penalty yards and you lose. Offense is a ped- pedestrian. I'll say it again. Peters isn't the guy and the defense is just Swiss cheese in the middle. Nebraska down to their third string running back and ran it down our throat. Is this what Whitman thinks $5 million a year is worth? And uh, Bruce says, quick takes. They are who we thought they were. Is it me or are the refs always screwing Illinois? And three, we can't win a close game like this at home. Momentum killer. And four, there's a lot of takes here. <laughs> That'll be enough for now. I'll come back. That's enough takes. I can't I can't keep up with this bullet list. Some of the things going on. Let's do our peak in insurance beyond the expected play of the game. And the, there was a number of touchdowns in this game as the team traded those. I think uh, it was all touchdowns and one field goal aside but uh, Reggie Corbin now on the 2000 mark on the nose 2000 yardage mark on the nose not in one game that'd be a record but here was a big run with Corbin to his left and another handoff to Corbin big hole right side he's free 40 50 40 of Nebraska 30 20 he's gonna score touchdown Reggie Corbin touchdown Illinois 66 yards Second play of the game, Reggie Corbin with his sixth career 100-plus yard game as well. Continues to be a great senior back for the Illini. He's just, he's electric. He he can he can make space. He can, he's got wiggle to him. He can make plays that other running backs can't, and he's definitely a, uh, definitely a star on a, a team that has struggled the last two weeks. We're into Sunday morning here in the central time zone, but there's still two time zones in the main continental United States where it's still Saturday. So we keep going with more fasteners, etc. cetera, post game show. Don't fall behind early in the game. Build a solid lead against the unexpected with Pekin insurance. Visit pekininsurance.com or contact a Pekin insurance agent to start defending your assets. Washington, the back first and 10. Here is a fumble loose ball. The Illini, I think have it. They have dove on the football and out of there with a trophy is Jake Hansen. Third and eight, Nebraska from their own 23. Two receivers left, three right. Pressure on Martinez. Matiku's got him. Drops him at the 20-yard line. And the Illini defense makes a statement early in the second half. Mills is the tailback for Nebraska. Martinez fakes it to him, surveys the field, throws it over the middle. Got a man, Spielman, 25-30. Fumble the ball. The Illini have it. Quan Martin, get down, young man. He's still running. 40-35. And the Illini have their third turnover, their third takeaway. Quan Martin. Quan Martin with two fumble recoveries tonight. Four total for the Illini in this ball game. You would like your chances with that. But Illinois falls by four points, 42-38. to 38. Welcome back, everybody. Fasteners, etc. Post game show. 
217-356-9397. That's the Castle Heating. Nope, that's the PNC Bank fan line. The Castle Heating and Cooling text line is 351-5357. It may be after midnight here in central Illinois, but it's after 1 a.m. on the East Coast. That's where we find Eric. Hey, Eric. Hey, how you doing? Out in Maryland, right? Oh, yeah. Just sitting in my garage drinking a beer. <laughs> Got any extra? Yeah, well, it's a... Might be in I order. Yeah, I hear you guys. But, hey, it's, I, I don't know. I wouldn't classify this as a you know a loss. This, this would be a good loss if it was your second year. Going into your fourth year, I, I just don't think you can call this a moral victory or a good loss. And uh, I got to listen to the uh, pregame with uh, Steve Kelly and Lauren Tate and interviewing all the Hall of Fame guys. Uh, Mike White was – I think he's the gold standard of coaches for Illinois football. Uh, we haven't had anybody since him that we had his charisma had his recruiting ability, had his uh, closeness with the players. I mean, players really like playing for a guy like him. And I just don't, I just don't see that with Love Smith. And, you know, it may have worked in, in, in the NFL and whatnot, but in college football, I think you got to have some relationships with your players. And I just don't see that ever happening with Lovey. Great guy, and uh, you know, and uh, to to uh, elaborate a little bit on, we how can you let him go and can't start over and you can't keep starting over and over but if coaches are looking at this program he got an extension after getting three wins i mean if that's not a positive to, for a coach coming in to get to get an extension after only getting three wins you know what, what are you going to get when you get six wins you're probably going to you know have a, your own parade <laughs> so I, I i think they can i think they can attract some good coaches if it ever gets to that and it will get to that it's just a matter of when well, I believe that extension was largely a a public relations move, especially towards recruiting and to sort of downplay the question of would he be fired after a losing season because there wasn't a ton of teeth in that extension in terms of the buyout. So right. I think anybody who understands it from the coaching standpoint knows that it really – the only thing was is – you know, you're going to come out and make a public statement. You know, that that has some teeth to it, and, you know, recruits are going to hear that. But on the flip side, in terms of the financial commitment, it wasn't handcuffing the Illini any further than they had already were. Well, I mean, listen to the Hall of Fame inductees. They all had a common thread, and it was all about coaching. It was all about how they respected Lou Hanson and they respected Mike White. And if you don't have a coach that that can get into the brains of these young athletes and and uh, you know develop them and uh, you know just have some enthusiasm on the sidelines, and you're never going to succeed on the college level. I don't know of one coach that doesn't have charisma that's uh, you know not successful, or, or the successful coaches that you see win: Dabo Sweeney, uh, the guy at Alabama, Saban. Uh, Urban Meyer, they all were passionate with their players. I just don't I don't get why he can't do that. Can someone explain why he can't do that? All right, appreciate the call, Eric. Look, to me, passion has a lot of different forms and can look a lot of different ways and still be passion and still be effective. And I've I've talked to plenty of players that have played for Lovey Smith recently or earlier 
on and off the record that loved playing for him. Just don't, here's my, my plea. Don't conflate poor or frustrating or negative performances on the field with a guy that can't reach young men and can't connect with them. Maybe that's true. I'm just telling you the anecdotal evidence I have says otherwise. And don't conflate a lack of um, boisterous gesticulating whatever with an inability to connect or inspire. Maybe he isn't. Maybe he's not. But I don't think it's for those reasons. From personal experience, I was coached by uh, Coach Smith for nine months. And... That's not a long time to build a relationship, but every single time I I see him outside of a working context for me, uh, given my current role, he's very very passionate to. He's very excited. He's excited to see me. I'm one of his guys, and he goes to bat for his guys. I mean, uh, look at here's an, an example is Nate Hobbs. Nate Hobbs was on on thin ice last year. He was submitted. He was suspended for three games, and uh, this year he was the uh, one of the representatives at the Big Ten Media Day. He, Coach Smith, here's the thing about college coaches. If they want someone gone, they can get them gone. That's just how it is. You're, big, you're the big man. You can get things done. But if he goes out of his way to challenge his players – and if you're one of his guys, he's he's going to be tough on you, but, I mean, he's going to buy into you. And Nate Hobbs is one of his favorite players right now. I but, just, yeah, I, I don't sense he's lost the locker room or any of that stuff. No, by no means has he lost the locker room. They're, they're, I, I can tell you that there are plenty of guys that are very, very um, thankful that uh, Coach Smith is their coach. Um, just because of how he treats them uh, as men. Jason is out in North Carolina also staying up late. Appreciate it. Hey, Jason. Hey, guys. I don't, I don't know about passion, but I know about you know coaching and coaching experience. And if you look on the Internet, my buddy said this to me, you look at the assistant coaches we have on the defensive side, and you look at the experience, and it's, it's paper thin. It's a couple years at College of Charleston. It's a couple years at Florida Atlantic. Grad assistants at USC. This isn't the Apollo Conference. This is Big Ten football. You got to have experienced coaches out there to fix the defense as depleted as ours. We had a chance. We didn't hire a defensive coordinator. We've talked about that on the on the, on the show today. But why can't we get some guys to develop a scheme? This this is a very inexperienced staff. He had an opportunity. I really, really think he missed the boat with this. Well, that might be fair. I mean, experience or not, you can look at results. And I I still stand by my statement, despite a 700-yard night for Nebraska, that I think this defense is better than last year. I don't know if it's good enough yet. Uh, It's certainly capable of making a few more plays, and they, they just couldn't shut down everything together tonight, and they got gassed. They, they played decently in the first half. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I don't care if you come in with no experience and if you turn out a great defense then great, but if you come in with all the experience in the world and you can't coach guys, then I don't care. But you, you know, I think your point is that 
experience usually translates into something in terms of results. Appreciate the call. Dean is with us. Hey, Dean. Yes, uh, I just had a question for Michael. Um, yes. Since Michael Michael was on the sideline uh, at halftime tonight, and uh, I was just really hoping that you would ask Lovey what happened there at, at half, and uh, I would just thought I'd ask you, was there a reason why you didn't want to ask him, or seemed like the per- perfect opportunity for you to see what was on his mind there? I think that's a fair criticism of my performance. Uh, I take coaching okay. Um, there are plenty of people that uh, came up to me in the uh, in the bo- in the uh, press box that asked me, "Hey, why didn't you ask that?" And honestly, it just didn't come to mind. I was worried about. Um, I asked him, I think about turnovers, um, how we're going to attack the the half, and um, and the fast start on uh, fast start to start the game. Um, just questions that I knew that he was going to be able to give good answers to. Um, that's all I have. Thanks, Dean. And I think the other side of that is, uh, look, most coaches don't like the in-game interview because they just they just want to do their thing. They're in the middle of the game and they don't want to give away anything. Um, to me, those things are more for the end of the game, uh, the post-game, you know, types of questions as opposed to the middle of the game. But Appreciate the input and uh, appreciate your openness, Michael. Um, uh, I'm coachable. I, I mean, this was only my third game at the helm, and I'm still learning. Um, I'm, I'm not, I, I'm not a journalist. I'm not here to scoop anybody. I'm here to cre- help create content to have you, the listener, be able to uh, get something out of it. A 618 texture asked this. This is an interesting question, and I thought this, and I do want to ask Rod Smith next opportunity. 618 texture says, if your defense is gassed, why don't you slow your offense down? Maybe snap the ball with five seconds on the play clock instead of 25. There's all kinds of things to consider here. When you know your defense is struggling, do you try to slow down to spare them? But does that take you out of your rhythm can you even let that impact how you're calling a game? I, it, I on the one hand, I'm, I'm imagining Rod Smith cutting off the question before it's finished and going, "We got to call a game that we call. We don't worry about defense. We do our thing, and defense does their thing." But maybe there should be more interplay, like a pitcher who, if he doesn't have the backup of his offense, if he doesn't feel like his team's going to score a lot of runs that night that he might press on the mound and think, I can only give up one or two, and he might labor a different way versus an offense, you know, that might feel like they're okay too, you know, baseball-wise, if if they feel like their pitcher is going to be stingy that night, they're very comfortable to play. If they feel like their pitcher is going to give up seven or eight runs, that they've got to press and do everything they can, those things, like, all play off each other psychologically. So I'm curious to hear what Rod Smith's answer to that would be, and I think that's a great question. I uh, one of the reasons I think that they started uh well they wanted to play fast on offense it was to get um Nebraska on their heels on defense and try to make them make mistakes. Um it's a lot easier to play offense than it is defense cuz the offense knows what they're doing and the defense has to react. Um and on the other side, uh, Nebraska was doing the same thing. Um just 
yeah, it'll be interesting to hear what uh, Coach Smith says. Uh, Coach Rod Smith says. Uh, ESPN College Game Base just announced they'll be in Lincoln for Ohio State versus Nebraska next week. It'll be, it'll be an electric atmosphere. That's sure. Three one four texture says, "How come Reggie Corbin never got the ball in the final two minutes of the game? I realized there was no timeouts, but how do you not hand him the ball for a nice run to the outside? I'm dumbfounded. I'm not. You got to pass. You got to throw." It's just the clock is a 12th man on the field. Uh, love it. Love to give to Reggie Corbin. Maybe it's a, a bailout type of thing, but it was two-minute drill time, and you're at your own 20. You've got to get some yards in a different way. And you didn't have timeouts. Uh, yeah. So that's some of what's going on. Uh, <laughs> 217 textured. Anyone figure out why the illegal block in the back penalty was reversed? That I'm dumbfounded by. I've never heard that just, they just, did you catch up on like, I don't think I'd ever heard where they announce a penalty and then they just come back and say, we changed our mind. There were there are two things I've learned this season. One is that, uh, and we learned this at the UConn game, during the U- UConn game, uh, targeting can be handed down from the booth. Um, and second is that a block in the back can be picked up with no real explanation or review. I don't get it. All right. Uh, we've got more texts to get to here uh, and more more of your calls. If you want to do this late-night version, we'll check the uh, uh, late-night uh, post-game show. Evan Kahn gives us a scoreboard update. We carry on after this. It's the Fasteners Etc. post-game show on News Talk 1400 and Light Rock 97.5. Call us on the PNC Bank phone line, 217 217- 356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357 Corbin lined up behind Daniel Barker who goes in motion Peters in the gun, handoff nope, fake, Peters running it right five, goal line, touchdown touchdown Illinois what a great faith Corbin went left, Peters went Brian Barnhart redlining it, but still in control. Love it. And that was the last touchdown of the night for the Illini with Brandon Peters. Not an oak tree, as Rod Smith would say, running it in. Illini uh, went up there 35-21, to 21, but Nebraska comes back and wins this one 42-38. How you doing, everybody? Scott Beatty and Evan Kahn, it's, and Michael Martin and Evan Kahn, and it's the late, late version of the Fasters Etc. postgame show. I took a nap on purpose today to try to be somewhat coherent at this point. I I, I did the same. That's a that's a veteran move on, on both our parts. I I might add. Yeah, I'll still be paying for it tomorrow. <laughs> but anyway, good to see you there, Evan. And uh, how did it? How, what was your sense here? Just taking this whole thing in. Oh, if if you've got the hot key right there with Martin O'Donnell saying that he's in a glass case of emotions, that's kind of been in a glass case of emotion, Brian. I can't, I can't handle it. That's a, that's exactly how I felt. I'm sure the people calm it, down. You're <laughs> making this way too difficult. That was the newsroom's response to all of my reactions here in the studio while the game was going on. No, it was it was up and down. You know, you you start fast, but you had a feeling that Nebraska was going to get the offense going. 
and and they kept capitalizing and getting turnovers. But as the second half kind of wore on, it it seemed like it had that feeling that the Cubs game did today. No matter how many times they came back, the the other side wearing red was just going to do a little more, and they were going to come away with the win. It's 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 a tough one to swallow, especially when it looked like they they could win it and they had the lead for what fifty one minutes of it. So tough, tough sledding. All right, plenty of other good, uh, interesting things happening around the world of college football and beyond. Yeah, a lot of good top twenty five matchups, a lot of conference action getting underway. One that just finished up literally seconds ago. Colorado, uh, I guess you could say another upset victory after they beat Nebraska earlier this year. They win at Arizona State 34-31. to One currently in progress right now, a shootout out in Washington State 49-46. to Wash State has the lead over UCLA. Still 13 minutes to go in the fourth quarter there. We'll just kind of look around the top 25. Georgia held off a late comeback from Notre Dame winning 23-17 LSU handily defeats Vanderbilt 66-38 a close one Texas A&M threatened in the fourth quarter but couldn't complete the comeback against Auburn they take that one 28-20 the big one in the Big Ten today Wisconsin jumped out to a 14-0 lead and never looked back. Ended up winning that one 35-14 over Michigan. And we've got a highlight there courtesy of IMG Learfield. Field now trips to the left on first down. Hand off to Taylor. Cuts left. Has room. 30, 35-40, 45-50. Taylor to the 40. He's to the 30. Accelerates to the 20. 10, 5. Touchdown. Jonathan Taylor. 72 yards. And it's 13 to nothing. Wisconsin. Matt LePay there, and I gave that considerable thought about which way did I want to go. And I, at the end of it, I thought, I think Wisconsin's going to be a little bit better, and I think they're at home. They pasted Michigan. Yeah, they didn't allow a point in the first quarter through their first, what would that be, 10 quarters of the season. Uh, Wisconsin didn't give up a point. They ended up giving up 14 in the second half. I think that they're a lot better than people may have thought they would we be do this every year basketball every football year. wisconsin i'm sure that they they always feel like little brother up there and then they come out and, and they show everybody who they are uh, just one last top 25 score virginia is four and oh they only beat old dominion today but uh four and oh ranked number 21 uh, another one that i don't know if i've ever heard virginia ranked and and for them to be undefeated right now getting ready for acc play out there as somebody to watch as we head into both season thanks much evan thanks guys all right it's the fasters etc postgame show and the illini fall 42 to 38 two and two now by week coming up or as our friend bob osmussen would say the the off week or the idle week because by implies you gotta it's like a tournament or something where you get you get a pass or you get to advance into the next round without having to play that's not what's going on but no, what it has to beat by next year <laughs> next week beat by <laughs> Castle Heating and Cooling text line 3515357. Rich says, I'm spinning this one differently. The defense poured their hearts out. They gave up 700 yards because the offense couldn't sustain a drive and keep the Cornhusker offense off the field. Less than 100 yards of passing, and Lovey's clock management leaves a lot to be desired. Thanks, Rich. That's that's a decent perspective. I mean, where is it here? The, The third downs were abysmal for the Illini. Uh... One of eleven, that's not on your defense. No, uh, you you've got to 
you've got to make the make those conversions. And there are plenty of times where, um, especially in the in the final drives where the defense was uh, had third down and they let it go. Um, but it, I, I really like your point about um, just Nebraska being on the field so much with their offense and um, that cr- creating so much of a disparity in uh, yards gained. Um, it's it's a very valid point. Andrew from Wisconsin says, I felt uh, I truly felt that to get a win, the quarterback had to execute the mid-distance passing routes, including to the tight end. Uh, from the stands at less than 80 yards passing, I just didn't see that today. Uh, let's see. Tight end passing. Well, <laughs> Daniel Barker was targeted, but on that that interception didn't go well there. I don't think uh, tight ends were utilized much at all. Uh yeah, none of them are listed. I guess Barker was targeted that one time. Maybe another time. Just wasn't a whole lot. Nine catches today for Illini receivers. Ricky Smalling was the favorite. He got five of them. Imator Bebe got one for that touchdown. He was targeted a total four times. Trayvon Sidney targeted six times, but only caught one. So just not enough done, period. A lot of it under pressure. And the Illini could not keep the offense on the ground long enough. Don't want to overlook, though, 241 yards all-purpose from Dre Brown. Dre, don't even get me started with Dre. Dre is, he's a fantastic story. If you have not heard of his story, let me give me give you the cliff notes. He's had, what, two ACL tears, four four different surgeries, some ridiculous amount. Um, he he came back last year and finally got playing time, and he's really cemented himself as a warrior for the team. And he's a really, really smart and hard runner uh, when it comes to kickoff returns. Um, if you missed the part of the game um, last year, uh, excuse me, last week or this week, there were two different occasions where uh, the ball was near the near the sideline, but uh, on a kickoff, but wasn't uh, didn't go out of bounds. He went out of bounds and uh, grabbed the ball, which drew a, an illegal procedure from the kicking team because in if in you establish eyes, yourself out of bounds, you're out. It, that would be an out of bounds kick, right? And it nets you ten yards uh, past the twenty five yard line. It. You, when you evaluate kickoffs, it's how far past the 20, 25 yard line did you get? And 10, 10 yards easily, two times is great. And that's a testament to Coach Bob Ligashevsky, um, educating Dre on that quirk of a rule. And that's uh, a testament to Dre Brown taking that coaching and being just making a game time decision very very well and I mean I was teammates with Dre I'm very very proud of him for what he's battled through and the kind of player that he's become here's a little bit of Dre Brown's touchdown tonight Illinois up 21-14 driving into Nebraska territory at the Husker 36 give to Brown big hole up the middle Dre Brown 20 15 10 5 touchdown touchdown Illinois Dre Brown 36 yards and he just kept those legs going, and number 25 goes for 36. He seems to be really strong as well. 
Good night for Dre Brown. For the Illini, they're on the losing side of 42-38. to Time for our keys to the game. They're brought to you by Hickory Point Bank. The unlimited value of the right team. One banking expert will steer you in the right direction. A whole team of them will take you to your destination. Hickory Point Bank invested. Well, a lot of... Boy, we, with a close game, there's always a lot of things that you can look at. I'm going to start with what we just talked about with the offense, the inability to convert those third downs and not help the defense out. And then the, the other side of it was Nebraska. You want to look at Illinois' ineffectiveness to stop the Nebraska run, or you want to look at Nebraska's effectiveness in their run game today. Either way, it was the difference to me in this ballgame. There were other things you can look at. Lovey's clock management, some calls that didn't go the Illini's way. But at the end of it, I think those are the major themes. I think one of the keys of the game was the special teams play, especially um, Blake Hayes. Uh, Nebraska definitely came after Blake Hayes tonight. Uh, Last week against Northern Illinois, I think I read they had blocked two punts against Northern. Nebraska did. And... They definitely uh, pressured Blake today, and credit to Blake, he stayed cool under pressure, and there were two punts in a row where he pinned them in the ten yard uh, uh, behind the ten yard line. Uh, one of those, um, a few plays later, uh, I, I believe it was uh, uh, Maurice Washington, uh, ends up fumbling the ball and uh, gives Illinois a really good chance to score, which they did. Um, That wouldn't have happened if Blake hadn't uh, punted so well. Great night for them. And James McCourt hits his only field goal attempt from 47 yards. Not too shabby. Keys to the game from Hickory Point Bank. More in a moment. But we still did too many things, uh, you know, in in critical moments that will cause you to lose a game. Not tackling on, of course, on the defensive side of the football. Third down convergence on the offensive side of the ball. And they wore us out there at the end. All right, Scott, Michael, and Evan here with you on the Fasteners, etc. post-game show. A little bit of Lovey's thoughts there. Uh, we were just talking here during the break. There was a play for the Illini fourth down on the 40-yard line to Nebraska. If you go for the field goal there, that would have been 58-yarder. Yeah. It was to the south, right, towards the horseshoe? Uh, correct, and it was, it was technically against the wind, but... Um... I was expecting a much windier game, but on, at least when I was on the field, there was not as much uh, swirling as I had expected during the pregame show. So we could have seen a record breaker, but instead they punt with Blake Hayes, which is not a bad decision either when you have that weapon in Blake Hayes. Eight punts, averaged 45.9 per kick, had a 59 boomer, landed Five of them inside the 20. No touchbacks. Touchbacks are great for kickoffs. Touchbacks are bad for punts. Yeah. Uh, I, generally. D- generally. Uh, I didn't. don't think they had... I'm not sure if... I think Blake's only kicked one touchback this, this year. I could be wrong. Um, but Blake does a great job of pinning him inside the 20, if not the 10. All right, uh, 309 Texter is asking, what happened to Steve from Peoria? He used to call in all the time. I, I don't know. We were actually asking about that this week. Haven't heard from Steve. And uh, I know it's late tonight. Steve, if you're listening, wishing you well. 
and uh, hope that we'll hear from you you know soon on the Fasteners Etc. post game show as well as anyone else. Uh, 402 Texter says a couple of things. First, Nebraska has looked pedestrian at best this far this season. Let's just hold off on one of the best offenses in the country talk. Most fans around here in Omaha were questioning Adrian Martinez continuing to get the snaps. Second, this is year four, and we're giving up 700 yards to a team like Nebraska is pretty telling. Matt Millen must have remarked 50 times on the television side about us being in base cover two, leaving the middle of the field wide open. Maybe they should call it cover who instead. Well, that is the weakness of the cover two scheme. It's that middle of the field, and uh, that seems to be more often than not where the vulnerability lay. But again, if the Illini shut down even on just a little bit more of that rushing attack, if the Illini converts just a few more third downs and have a little more from their defense at the end, if they convert one more play and get one more score, maybe we're sitting here celebrating 3-1 and one instead of 2-2. Two and two. But I still think the point is valid. Our final segment in a moment. We did some good things run-wise, but uh, passing game, uh, they shut us down pretty much. Um, you could say that that was the difference. What did we have? I know we had less than 100 yards. It was, uh, 78. 78 yards yeah. passing. It's tough on a game like that. You know, when you're going back and forth, you got to be able to meet theirs. You know, defensively, when you take the ball away like that, normally you take the ball away four times, you know, you're able to do a little bit more with it. The difference the last two games here has been just that there's been a lot you can put in the good column, but there's just still a lot you put in the bad column for how this team has played. The years before, there was just way more in the bad column, but right now it's just adding up to two one-possession losses, and you don't get kind of close in the win-loss column. It's either it's a one or a zero. It's binary. There are no more moral victories, and that that ship has sailed. It's it's talk about a tough pill to swallow. What is about what is the bye week like, and especially what is uh, the two weeks of prep like coming off a loss? It's frustrating. Uh, it's I can't remember if I came off of uh, wins or losses during my bye weeks, but all I know is that you. You you focus on getting better. It's a uh, compressed week because uh, coaches have to go out recruiting later on in the week. So um, a lot of it is used to tighten some things up uh, technique-wise and also to try to get some of your banged-up guys uh, healthy. Um, guys that can benefit from that are uh, Jamal Milan, who mm-hmm. has been uh, – kid's a warrior, I mean – He's he's played through a lot of injuries, and he's. I, I just hope that he can make it through the season in one piece. And uh, you saw plenty of other guys get banged up uh, today. Brandon Peters had to step out for an injury. I'm um, not sure if that was the wind knocked out of him or what. Uh, Jake Hansen had to come out because of an injury. He went back in and battled through it. Uh, Tony Tony Adams, same thing. So it's a good opportunity to uh get your guys back and you spend 2 weeks preparing for uh Minnesota uh yeah, trip up to trip up to them and got to beat it got to beat them Michael will you remember September 
Yes. Two and two. The 21st of December. But mm-hmm. it is now the 22nd here in Champaign, Illinois. And Monday is fall. We'll see what the new season brings the Illini. They get a couple weeks to rest and recover. We'll be back with you on uh, Saturday the 5th for Illinois against Minnesota. They'll be up in the Twin Cities. Thanks so much to everyone who helped out this broadcast. Evan Kahn carrying the load here on the other side of the glass as our producer extraordinaire, Ed Bond, our chief engineer, operations manager, Jim Lewis, and general manager is Mike Hale. I'm Scott Beatty from Michael Martin. And for all of us here as part of Fighting Illini Game Day, enjoy the rest of your weekend. We'll talk to you again soon. Have a great one. Bye-bye. The preceding program was an exclusive sports presentation of News Talk 1400 and Light Rock 97.5 News Gazette Media Station.